0: thing about no soap is that you can smell hijackers a mile off. Maybe
1: we count three war parties. Yeah, well, I got unlucky. Let's do this. There's
0: only one way we're getting you on that plane, and that's quiet. We're in deep shit building. the virus is
2: aerosolized. What are you talking about? It's going airborne.
0: There are stories circulating on the internet that in India and elsewhere, the drug ribavirin has been shown to be effective against this virus. Yet, Homeland Security is telling the CDC not to make any announcements until stockpiles of the drug to be secured.
1: There
2: will continue to be evaluations of several drugs with ribobarin as But right now, our best defense has been social distancing. No handshaking, staying home when you're sick, washing your hands frequently.
1: Yeah! Yes!
0: Look what I have created! I have made fire!
1: I have made fire!
2: Welcome to the Parkway Theater Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Matt. And I'm Byron. And I'm
1: Ward from the Parkway Theater. And two months into quarantine and I still can't build fire.
2: (laughs) Oh, this is going to pose a problem later on for Ward as we discuss the 2000 movie. I'd call it a classic. It's uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway. And this is the continuation of our mini retrospective on... uh, Well, we said apocalypse movies initially, but I think what we're really trying to get at here is just movies that capture the feelings the zeitgeist if you will of of the moment that we're all living through here we're in minneapolis uh of course the whole the whole dang world is going through this so this movie uh this is uh, this this is very relevant to the times uh i wonder can one of you guys jump in and uh, explain why it was how how this one is relevant why did we pick it well
1: this seems this seems kind of obvious i kind of feel like tom hanks and castaway in fact at the parkway theater probably a month ago we started naming inanimate objects and talking to them
2: (laughs) give us an example what's your what's your best buddy these days uh the cash machine carlos he's a good guy i like him a lot Uh uh-huh but doesn't say much
1: but you know reserved i bet he's (laughs)
2: <laughs> supportive
1: <laughs> well he's he's actually quite lonely because nobody wants to use cash right now
2: <laughs> oh i bet yeah and everything that goes in him is just all infected that's a that's a terrible yeah he's just a, he's actually a cesspool of covid19 poor carlos <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> uh and you know another another relevant thing i haven't seen I haven't seen Byron in, uh, I think, eight, nine weeks now, and I'm guessing he's got a beard four feet long and hair coming down to his butt crack at least. Byron, is that accurate? How are you looking? These-
0: yeah, that is 100% accurate. I've uh, actually, uh, yeah, with all this extra time that I've had with uh, with uh, staying around or just having no other hobbies, I've uh, taken a hobby of braiding my own hair So to make sure that it's not actually it's dropping as low.
2: <laughs> wow. I'm surprised you didn't just go dreadlocks. I mean I'm not sure the process of dreadlocking, but that I think that's easier than braiding your own hair. I don't know.
0: Nah, I needed something to do.
2: <laughs> well, so what is uh what is our drink of this movie? Uh Byron, uh, you had a you had an excellent idea that we're all, I think, enjoying. What is uh what's your Yes.
0: Uh, So I went with uh, Liftbridge has come out with a line of hard seltzers. Just it seems like every other brewery has decided to try to come out with a line of hard seltzers there in the past couple of years. Uh, This one is called Island Time, which I thought was uh, incredibly relevant. It's, uh, like I said, a seltzer water. It contains uh, tropical mango, pineapple, and passion fruit.
2: Ooh. Uh,
0: Does not contain any coconut, mind you.
2: Uh, (laughs) I think... I think chuck nolan from this movie would be quite happy that there's no coconut in that beer uh because that's a natural laxative it's a
0: yes it is a natural laxative
2: uh well i without further ado maybe i should get to the numbers and uh walk us through who's all in this i did it slightly differently this time i i i um i shunned imdb and i grabbed the wikipedia cast list because imdb was ridiculous they gave me this they gave me about 40 names uh before you had to click more and none of those names was helen hunt so i knew that they did not really have um have it in the right order so this movie stars tom hanks as chuck nolan helen hunt as kelly frears his graduate student uh, love interest nick searcy as stan tom's or chuck's friend uh chris noth as the dentist uh and Larry White as Bettina Peterson I picked all those names very very much on purpose this movie directed by Robert Zemeckis heard of him he's done heard of him yeah yeah he's yeah.
0: heard of him definitely heard of him
2: he did romancing the stone in 84 back to the future a little flick and some people have seen in 85 and then 2 and then 3 and uh Forrest Gump and Contact and Polar Express and a bunch of great movies. Uh this movie written by William Broyles Jr who did Apollo 13, wrote Apollo 13, Planet of the Apes and the Polar Express. They had a budget of 90 million dollars and it grossed 430 million bucks. Uh 88% on the old tomato meter which is pretty good but not stellar I would say for a Hanks film. Not stellar. Real quick, the IMDb plot summary is, a FedEx executive undergoes a physical and emotional transformation after crash landing on a deserted island. And I've seen other descriptions that say he's an engineer at FedEx. So I don't know what his actual title is, but he's clearly a muckety-muck, let's say. And we have to... Now, last time, I made the tragic mistake of talking about... Groundhog Day. Without queuing up, Byron, to tell us, have you ever seen this movie? What's your relationship with it? Uh, last time, of course, you shocked us by saying you had not seen it until we did the podcast. Byron, have you seen this movie before?
0: Uh, well, drum roll, pr- please. Um, Can't do it. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. We got that rid of that one. All right. Um, n- no, I have not seen this movie before. I had actually watched this uh, for the podcast. I have heard of it um, I'm actually shocked I haven't seen it because like you had mentioned uh, with Robert Zemeckis uh, directing it this is uh, Robert Zemeckis I'm realizing looking through his whole filmography he's probably one of my favorite directors um, one of the my favorite movies of all time one that you didn't name was uh, who framed Roger Rabbit
2: Yeah, you know, so you're uh, right
0: directed that and you know like you said did Forrest Gump um, he did Beowulf which was one of my favorite ones Um uh let 's see and apparently i'm looking ahead here at something he i don 't know if this is true or not uh, i guess fact check me internet he has been selected to do the disney live action pinocchio is what i 'm seeing now i'm looking at the
1: i think there was also a story i'm i might be i might be mixing up my movies, but I believe that while they were waiting for Tom Hanks to lose the weight, they did zemeckis did uh what lies beneath i think it was yeah that's
0: another that's another one of my uh, favorite movies
2: yes you're you're absolutely right uh he is phenomenal um they didn't have the keto diet back then by the
1: way they could have they could have lost that weight in like a week these days
2: well so ward what is your history with this this film
1: uh, so I saw it in the theaters when it came out, and and I liked it a lot. And I think over the years, it has definitely risen in the ranks. And this might be controversial, but I'm going to say this movie is top 15 for me. I really love this movie a lot. Wow. Wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. I And it holds up. I just watched it last night, and it holds up for me. It definitely holds up. I also saw this in theaters uh, probably, uh, you know, way, way better to watch this in theaters given some of these action scenes, especially we'll talk about uh, the plane ride and stuff. But uh, it holds up. It's amazing. If you have a big TV and you're watching, you know, HD, 4K, whatever, it's incredible. I mean, uh, the, of course, the acting, the script, the... the uh, you know, the it's it all is is incredible. The editing, actually, we can talk about that. The editing on this movie is phenomenal too. But um, yeah, this is an incredible movie. I was texting with a friend. I said, "Ed, you have you have you you haven't seen Castaway?" And he just texted back one word, and it was "meh." And I thought, "You're wrong."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have to agree. Really, I mean, like I said, this is the first time I had seen this movie, and. I would put this movie. If this came out today, I still think it would do just as well as it did. Where would you say 450, 430 million, I think is what you had said that it made thirty it.
2: million. Yeah,
0: I I wouldn't be surprised if it did that or even better I, if it were were to come out today.
2: Oh yeah, it's. I mean, it's actually it might even be. I mean, it's it's relevant to our our little situation we're in here. As, as that's why we're talking about it. So it, it may it may strike a chord with people who, who if they could go into a theater, they, they would watch it. Uh, maybe it'd be yeah. released, it'd be released to, to Netflix or something. But yeah, it's... Uh, uh, you know, one thing that came up for me that I really appreciate
1: this movie about this movie, and I, I, I like a lot of it, I, I appreciate that it's, it's very minimalist, like there's no music for, for so long in the movie that when the music kicks in again, it's got this kind of emotional tug to it. But one thing I really appreciate is that these days whenever I watch movies I'm always thinking these people are too close together and they're they're shaking hands and they're they're talking and it makes me uncomfortable. I I like being able to watch a movie where somebody's just kind of alone for 75% of the movie and during COVID-19 it makes me a lot more comfortable.
2: Yeah, you're absolutely right. Whenever I watch anything I go Ooh, those people are so close. How dangerous is that? And in this movie, you don't have to worry about it because he chum, he buddies up with a volleyball, and and it's it's all good for most of the movie. So you'd say this movie was uh,
0: ahead of its time, based on how it was uh, progressive in its social distancing cues. Yeah.
2: Yep. A, a little, a little, uh, you know, a little overboard, I'd say, in its social distancing. You don't have to go. I think he took it
0: to a little extreme, but I mean, uh,
2: yeah, I guess to each their own. Um, so before, I, man. So Ward is really dropping little little hints here and there at all the the little, not just I mean the little the best parts of this movie and the little nuances. But before we even dive into this movie, I, I well, we were going to record this on Wednesday, and, and today's Friday recording, and uh, and and the whole time I kept thinking about I gotta watch more Hanks. I need I need some more Hanks in my life. And uh, sad to say that I didn't get around to watching Big. We talked about Big on the last podcast. But Tom Hanks was going to be, uh, I mean, he was approached to play the role of Phil Connors in Groundhog Day. And he, of course, turned it down because he thought no one's going to believe like me being a jerk. Like, I'm the good guy. I'm the nice guy. And so for for a few minutes, I just want to talk to you guys about, tom hanks and i i like just calling him hanks because man everybody knows this guy and and his record of just being a phenomenally great person what are your what ward what's your favorite tom hanks movie of all time i gotta go with big that's pretty easy for me i love that movie is like eight it's it's, it was released in 88 and that's like early tom hanks i mean that is you know that's like pre Megastar star tom hanks so i i agree with you that's that's up there and for- i think he might i think he was nominated for best actor
1: for that movie so it, that might have been where he kind of took that pivot to becoming a a respected actor from being a strictly comedic actor
2: yeah i think i know i know he was nominated but i i think you're right that's his transition time byron what about you do you have a favorite hanks movie
0: Ah, well, the first—I guess—I guess it would be the first Tom Hanks movie that I saw. Uh, this might be, be the uh, first Saving that Private might be Ryan.
1: Castaway. Is that the is Castaway yeah, the first cast Tom Hanks away. movie? Yeah, I would would actually
0: be Castaway. No, it was actually I saw him in Saving Private Ryan.
1: Was the <laughs> oh. first
2: movie that I saw him. Oh, okay, yeah.
0: So again, uh, he plays a a good guy in that movie, a little bit harder around the edges. But uh, I one hundred percent agree with uh, Tom Hanks' stance that uh, there would be no way I could imagine him as a jerk.
2: Right. I mean, he's kind of always playing Tom Hanks as something else, you know, he's Tom Hanks as a as a, you know, army lieutenant or he's Tom Hanks as a guy lost at sea. He's just like, I'm a good guy. And uh, you know.
0: <laughs> I mean, probably the, the closest you would get to being a bad guy would be um what did he play? Um he was Road in to Perdition. He was like
1: a hit, a hitman. Right.
0: He was a he, yeah, he was a hitman. I'm thinking he was um what's the other one? Uh where he was an FBI agent in Catch Me If You Can. I guess he was kind of the antagonist in that movie played across from Leonardo DiCaprio. But,
1: but you know what, Road to Perdition, he was he was a hitman with a heart of gold.
0: Yeah, that's true. He wasn't he wasn't Road to Perdition.
2: <laughs> so, we would be remiss and uh I mean our listeners would think we were total morons if we didn't point out that that Hanks was also nominated for best actor in this role which is not surprising uh here in, in Philadelphia too I think and probably about 10 other movies who knows yeah yeah I mean the guy's the guy's the guy's phenomenal
0: yeah I think it would be easier to list all the movies that he wasn't nominated for it seems
2: I mean he's just he just just bachelor party and that's it uh I'd say the uh, so the real the real moment of truth here and where I, I find out who's the Hank's uh, <laughs> devotee and who isn't, how many episodes would you guys say you've seen of Boozum Buddies? Buddies? I think I've seen zero. What? Zero. Zero? I've never seen. You guys have never seen Boozum Buddies? <laughs> no. Oh, man. Well, what is that? I used to watch that when I was a kid. I loved it it was so funny it probably does not hold up like this movie does oh god it's good i just googled it real quick and looking at them dressed up in their wardrobe is so funny uh okay well let's dive into this thing i would like to start real quick and say um right away with the title when i was preparing to watch this movie i kept typing castaway one word like tom hanks is the castaway But this movie is cast away, two words. So that's insane to me because my question then is like, well, what was cast away? Who was cast away? What are they saying with this cast away title? It's not what I thought it was. Did you guys realize it was two words? A verb even? Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, initially I thought,
1: you know, I don't really feel like he was cast away. He he kind of was on that plane because he was kind of a workaholic and it was of his it was his own volition that he was on that trip. But I think it more has to do with the fact that he kind of got forgotten that they, they buried this empty casket and that his girlfriend moved on. And I think it's kind of referring more to that.
2: Yeah. Right. What do you guys think? Byron, you go ahead. What do you think?
0: Uh, Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, uh, that it, I, like you, uh, was typing it in, one word, cast away, and then had that realization that uh, cast away meant that, uh, okay, who exactly was cast away? And I kind of arrived at the same conclusion that Ward did in that the Noland character himself, as he comes back, uh, is he realized that he himself has been cast away. Like, life has moved on. He's, his girlfriend at the time is now... Uh, married and like his what was his best friend's name I can't remember it but um, he was talking with him on the plane where his wife had cancer and uh, like he realized all of this stuff had moved on and all this stuff had like happened around him and so he realized just he was cast away for these four years
2: right yeah no I know that that's that's uh, that was a realization to me like oh this is this is already a statement uh, from the very (laughs) title of this thing and and then i realized i had forgotten that the first 26 27 minutes of this movie show like ward said he's a major workaholic he is you know he's working and he's screaming at some people and wherever he was france and like hey we got to do this thing and get this stuff on time and then he's at thanksgiving and or christmas or whatever and he's like looking at his pager oh i got to go do something because uh the sort the sort is happening somewhere and you know we gotta you know we gotta i guess the other sort was happening in moscow in red square and and so he's a crazy workaholic and they they really do a lot to set him up and show that this guy is a slave to the clock (laughs) and it makes a lot of sense that you would then juxtapose that with someone who has no ability to track time (laughs) for years And that was, that was a shock to me because I remember the whole, all the island part, but I didn't remember any of the workaholic part. Did you guys remember that the movie was that? It was that, there was that much of it devoted to showing his, his normal personality. Yeah, I, I, I noticed that too. What, like this
1: time I watched it, I noticed that a lot more that first of all, it feels like a FedEx commercial. But, but also that, yeah, he's a total slave to the clock. But I think that kind of ties into the, the COVID-19 thing, right? Because, like, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like a slave to the clock more so until this COVID-19 thing happened. It kind of relates back to Groundhog Day, where it's like, all of a sudden you have all this time. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with that time? So I guess my question for you guys would be: I, I think we asked the same question during Groundhog Day, but in the uh, in the evolution of Tom Hanks' character in this movie, where are you guys in COVID nineteen? Where are you guys in that in that evolution? Because I'm still like, I'm still Tom Hanks, who's like cutting his foot on shit and and grossing out about you know crab guts. Yeah.
0: Still kind of rejecting that whole, almost rejecting the whole situation that you're in, where it's like you're still trying to, I don't know, I'm not somewhat. quite,
1: I'm not bettering myself. Let's just say that.
2: <laughs> yeah, Byron, where are you at?
0: Uh, well, I guess if I had to put myself as a character in this movie, um, I am one of the lucky people, I'm incredibly grateful that my job hasn't changed, in that uh, I am yeah, still considered an essential employee so i guess i'm the i'm the helen hunt character i just i've i'm still going i'm still my life is still on i'm still a slave to the clock
1: unfortunately i'm kind of bummed out to hear that because I, I i like to imagine that byron's just out there with a long hair and a long beard like
2: spear fishing
0: oh no i'm still i'm still not uh, cutting my hair and i just have a long hair and a long beard don't get me wrong I'm and gonna...
2: you do have a spear in the back of the truck right <laughs>
0: <laughs> I do have a spear in the back of the truck. Uh, I have uh, decided to take a, a volleyball with me at some places. Oh,
2: God, Byron. Uh, if you do that, post that everywhere. I want to see this. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> uh, the other
1: thing is I, I haven't lost half my body weight during COVID-19. I think I'm actually gaining.
2: Well, should we should we talk about that a little bit? I mean, I can tell you that to answer your question that... I um I'll answer your question first and then I think we can talk about that body weight thing. Um I am I'm definitely moved towards what I think Hanks moves towards, a Chuck Nolan character moves towards in this movie and it's just it's just a a, a sheer gratitude for whatever the day brings and uh I am I mean when we started this thing it was a lot more fighting with my kids and I was like well I'm going to accomplish these 57 things today and oh god you know the kids are in my way and now I'm just like hey what do you kids want to do today <laughs> I got I got I got time let's do something and I uh, just grateful for having you know having what we have and we are we are sort of trapped on our own little individual islands uh, in our houses in our you know neighborhoods and whatever um, so I, I've definitely moved not not to the end where he's very wise and, you know, makes his, his statement to his friend, Stan, but, but I'm closer towards his, his chucking, chucking, uh, you know, being more of a professional, uh, spearfisher person and uh, whatever. So, well, I think you
1: bring up, you, you bring up a good point, though, about, um, about the, what he says to his friend at the end of the movie cuz i think i think it kind of does speak to us right now cuz there's like there's so much uncertainty i don't know for me it really spoke to me there's so much uncertainty i don't know when the parkway theater is going to open again or what's going to happen and you know he spends so much time worrying and uh, you know that line that he says at the end of the movie that he knows now what he has to do he has to you have to just keep breathing and tomorrow the sun will rise and you never know what the tide will bring and i i thought that was that was actually a good message for me to hear uh in the middle of of all this cuz it's like yeah that's exactly what we need to do right now with all this covid-19 crap
2: yeah that's Hanks bringing the wisdom to you i mean you know what else yeah. you know i mean you might also say life is like a box of chocolates you don't know <laughs> <laughs> nah, you never know what you're going to get <laughs> yeah um so so okay let's break this let's break this movie down in in segments real quick because we are moving into uh into the discussion on some of the the weight stuff and the hair stuff we talked about so and and ward already brought this up so they filmed all of the scenes for the first half of this movie and i i think i wrote down the time it was like an hour 15 hour 20 and and they filmed all of that and then they canceled production where they paused it for a year so that hanks could lose the weight and he, the, he had put on 50 pounds so that the the weight loss could be even more dramatic um so they he so he went and did that while uh zemeckis took the entire production crew and went and filmed what lies beneath with harrison ford and, and so in the meantime hanks is just losing weight growing hair yes that is his real hair it's his real beard Ooh. i mean just wow it, yeah, yeah it just was insane like it's just so i mean it's so unkempt it's it's amazing uh and you know i wanted uh, since you know i think one thing would be fun to do is if we could get our listeners if you have an awesome either haircut that is like really bad because your sisters you know or your wife did it or someone in your household did it or if you've just been growing it out and it's insanely long or your beard is long or whatever i would love to see people post this up on social media and tag you know parkway theater and so i can see all of this greatness going on i actually gave my father-in-law a haircut a week ago and it was hilarious because oh no he came over <laughs> and and he said i need a haircut desperately and i said i can do it and but i just i just need to drink a couple beers first i'll just drink a couple beers so. <laughs> Yeah. He, he drank a couple of beers and i drank a couple of beers and we sheared that that sheep and boy in the end it actually looked pretty darn good but i can imagine some other people had some horror stories you know bald spots uh interesting interesting uh, especially women's haircut would be hard to do in this time so i don't know i'd love to see that you guys have any any other stories i mean byron i know you're kidding about your hair being so long but but ward what's your hair styling been situ- hair styling well spin? So I've got this like
1: mangy like I heard that you can't get your hair cut, and I decided you can't also shave either, so I've got this like mangy patchy excuse for a beard, and the weird thing about so I'm working toward a man bun that's the ultimate goal here oh <laughs> wow. and and I've also got this weird thing going on where the hair on my sideburns is growing like three times as fast as any other hair on my head so I think within a couple of months I'll be able to actually take my sideburns and tie them in a knot in front
2: of my face lamb chops nice You gotta have (laughs) that
0: I will give you $100 if you do that That, uh, and and post a picture
2: (laughs) tie those I will do it for free tie those into your man bun (laughs) I would love to see that (laughs) Uh, actually that was the problem my father-in-law was having too when I combed his hair out it was like it was like um, you know a dog's fur had grown over the top of his ears, and you know, that was the place to start. It was it was coming all over the place, uh, the the sideburns. Um, yeah, so I would love to see that post. Please, everyone, post that up on your social media. Tag Parkway, and, uh, and I want to see bad haircuts and just no haircuts. My beard is looking pretty.
1: Castaway good. hair.
2: Castaway. castaway. Oh ooh, castaway yeah. Hair. Hashtag castaway hair. Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Byron, what we saying?
0: Saying "Castaway Hair," don't
2: care. Oh, I like that even better. Castaway hair, castaway hair, don't care. Um, well, so another another point that that Ward had brought up, uh, and and it 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 persists through that middle half of that middle third of the movie is there is no music while he is on that island. They they made a they made a decision that they were not going to have a score uh, at all because there was no music for Chuck to hear. And it was very impactful because the, the 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 only time, well, the next time you hear music is when he finally makes it past the breakwater, and it's like a it's like a triumphant you know score that plays then, and it means a lot more because of that. Yeah, I I like that moment.
1: Go ahead, Byron.
0: Oh, I was gonna say one other thing about the sound was I think looking through the production notes here they had to edit out the amount of surf that was actually playing in the background when they were filming some of those shots so uh, but i thought that was kind of interesting I it? think
2: yeah i think what i read was that they didn't just edit it, edit it out they had to redo everything in ADR because there was no there was no doable no usable sound because the surf was so loud they had to record all the lines and everything afterwards which is where did they record where did they film the middle
1: part of the film
2: well i mean where's the island yeah yeah i uh apparently i mean if you watch it on uh on i don't know for sure it's in fiji somewhere fiji islands but yeah it
0: was part of the fiji chain i know that i know it was um not as isolated as it was there appeared to be i know they had to digitally remove there was a highway that was in the background for some of those shots
2: oh really <laughs> yeah that's funny uh one of the very first pieces of trivia they give you if you watch this on amazon prime uh and when he gets to the island is the exact latitude and longitude of the island so you can always do it that way punch it into google but yeah
0: yes the it was in the island of fiji or on the archipelago of fiji uh the island itself was monariki which was one of the part of the Mamanuka archipelago i'm so glad i said that correctly now I'm done.
2: That's dangerous.
1: <laughs> uh, so, in this day and age, is this possible that this could actually happen? Is there is there an area of the world that is this cut off and
2: desolate? I, I think, I think uh, you know, in the, in the island from an island perspective, yes. But I don't know, you know, if you're on mainland somewhere, I doubt it. I've kind of
1: felt like I thought that uh, you know Elon Musk had bought all the all the islands that were left like this and built a mansion on them.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it it could be the I I think it is possible from yeah, from an island. Um, you know the boundary waters is pretty remote, but you definitely can't get so far away that um yeah, that you're stuck for months and years.
0: <laughs> well, one of the things that I think, contributes to this, which I think was well written, or at least well established, was the storm that they had to fly through. They ended up having to reroute, and during due to the, I guess, electrical interference, they were, they really weren't sure where they were. So, I think one thing that contributed to them not being able to find Chuck right away was he was outside of their search radius. I think he had mentioned it was, what was it, 500,000 square miles or something like that, and I think ultimately that's I think ultimately that's why he wasn't able to be found so quickly.
1: Okay, so this brings up a point I'd like to discuss that that I that I was just reminded of. So um so we're thinking they looked for how long for Chuck?
2: At least what? 2-3 months? Yeah, months for sure. You have to look for months. Okay, so
1: when he goes into Helen Hunt's kitchen and he looks at her refrigerator, we see pictures of the daughter. And I don't know, what's what's your guys' opinion? I would say the pictures of that kid look to be maybe two or three years old. Yeah, probably, something like that. So he's gone for four years. They, I guess my point is, uh, looking at this timeline, I think she looked for him for about two months and then she must have met the dentist during looking for him. I mean, come
2: on. We have to put a pause on that. Okay, let's put a pin in that. Let's talk about the end of the movie at the end of the podcast. Let's, let's, I definitely want to talk about that, too, because that is, that is a very good point. But when Byron said storm, my mind immediately went to my next note, which is, oh, my God, that plane crash was terrifying i was i actually i actually had physical shuddering reactions to watching it as they're diving down through the clouds and then hank sees that you know that the there's the ocean and he yells brace for impact and it was like oh my god that is my absolute worst nightmare it's the hardest it's the worst plane crash i've seen
1: on film in a movie
2: yes it is an achievement of film production to make a set look less to make that look like it's real i mean i was scared out of my mind watching that happen i did not remember that at all from the movie theater experience i had with this movie it was terrifying i first of all jaws is my favorite but also scariest movie and so i always think oh god the ocean's the worst thing in the world but to have a plane smack into the ocean at that speed with that you know violence it just seemed so terrifying to me oh my god i was i was just almost nauseous watching that (laughs) byron did you were you freaked out
0: Agreed one hundred percent as I was watching that whole terrifying scene un- unfold uh, just the I guess you could say the logical part of my brain took over and decided to remind me of the fact of uh, how many how few people actually survive a plane crash when it actually does go down, and this is one of the reasons like why like I think they captured it so perfectly like it was like I agree with you it 's one hundred percent terrifying. I do have a small, I guess we'll call it an a incredibly tiny nitpick. Maybe you guys can answer this for me, uh, during this whole plane crash thing. Maybe you remember this, maybe not, but when the plane actually hits the water, um, Tom Hanks is thrown backwards through the plane, right? Because the plane breaks in half and he kind of ends up almost near part of the, the, what am I thinking of? The wings of the plane, because we see him there with the, with the turbine as it eventually blows up, um. If the plane was moving forward, he would be thrown forward. Right? I mean uh, at least oh okay. that's a that's a small nitpick I guess from me. I it heard that same online. Yeah, I heard
2: yeah, that same I'm nitpick sure. online, but I I don't know. I can never I can never figure that out. If the plane is going forward and he it stops oh, oh. then he would be going forward, but also all that water came rushing in at him. So maybe that pushed him back. I don't know. <laughs>
0: that's true i guess like i said a super tiny nitpick it it doesn't it, to me that's so small it doesn't really it doesn't factor in i'm still already my heart rate's already terrifi- uh, you know terrifyingly high uh, watching this whole uh, watching that whole scene unfold and you know so uh, thinking that he's going to get trapped and get dragged along down to the bottom with uh, with the life raft
1: yeah that's the other part that that terrifies me about this scene is like the vastness of the ocean like first of all just seeing the plane going down like and how deep the water is there but then also the size of the swells and the way that camera pulls back and you just see this tiny little raft and how small he is compared to the the vastness of the ocean around him that
2: that freaks me out too so (laughs) <laughs> Love this. So okay, so what does this Chuck Nolan guy do? He he jams a figure skate into the back of his mouth to uh to, to pop out one of those molars that's been bugging him this whole time. And uh that looks painful. That is what I would call the midpoint of the movie because he's sitting in a cave, he he does that, and then it cuts to four years later which I was shocked. I didn't remember that part.
1: Yeah, so the uh and and that's not even like the most painful thing in this movie. I like when he cuts his hand, when he's when he makes Wilson, the worst part is when he when he gets stabbed by Coral in his thigh. Like the the body horror in this movie gets me. I I don't know why.
2: Well, Yes, it's all very... I mean, it's it's a problem. When you're on an island like this, when you're by yourself anywhere, you do not want to hurt yourself. But in honor of Hank's decision, Chuck's decision, to, to hurt himself with that figure skate, I have created a game for you two, which is called Dental Hijinks. Not hygiene, but hijinks. Oh, so, no. Byron, who is the consummate consummate uh not movie goer not movie seer is always afraid that we will be doing movie trivia and then he'll he'll never beat ward but this week i have created a game all around horrifying dental hygiene stories are you gentlemen ready for this
0: <laughs> uh, as ready as i'm gonna be hit me
2: okay well let me tell you the rules <laughs> i i ask a true or false question to each of you alternating turns five questions each the player with the lowest score at the end has a has a has a penalty let's say uh and the player with the most uh the most points wins so byron i'm starting with you and again all you have to say is true or false and it's not there's no steals there's no steals there's no jumping in okay are you ready byron
0: false oh no wait yeah yeah i'm ready
2: (laughs) oh so you're not ready because it's false okay (laughs) okay 1820s pennsylvania a series of reports emerged in the media that teeth were exploding with gunshot like sounds inside people's mouths one patient reported that the sound was so loud she was deafened for weeks. True or false? Ah, <laughs> false. <laughs> what is Byron saying?
0: I said false.
2: Incorrect. Ah! That is a true yes. story. Uh, no idea what the, what the uh, medical reasoning was for that, but people had their teeth exploding. Absolutely disgusting. Ward, are you ready for your first question? I'm so ready. Okay, 1965, Washington State A four-year-old male child has dental surgery that reveals a very early-stage chicken fetus developing under an impacted molar. That is definitely true. (laughs) False. (laughs) 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 I love that you thought it was definitely true. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Byron, your second question. Get ready. Uh, 1987, Lyon, France. A study at the local university showed that diet Pepsi AM was six times worse for teeth enamel than regular Pepsi. True or false?
0: There was a diet Pepsi AM? Uh, All right. Uh, True.
2: No, no. That (laughs) question is false. That is inspired by... The movie, the other Zemeckis movie, Back to the Future, in which Marty McFly <laughs> drinks a shit ton oh, of Diet it. Pepsi. <laughs> so, oh, but dunce. Why was I not thinking about that? I had to throw it in there. Okay, here we go. Ward, your second question. I'm ready. 2014 Mumbai, India. A 17-year-old male child has dental surgery to remove 232 extra teeth growing in his mouth. True. True. Ding, 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 ding. That is, yes, horrifyingly disgusting. Absolutely. And I bet there were some chicken embryos under a couple of those teeth. (laughs) Well, you know, the ones that are false I made up, so I couldn't confirm that they actually were false. I just know that I didn't read them. So uh, 232 extra teeth. They thought it was a a tumor, Uh, and it was a tumor, but it was a tumor of the tooth kind. Yuck, 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 yuck. Okay. Uh, Byron, 2000, the year 2000, in the uh, state-slash-territory of Puerto Rico, a sailor aboard a U.S. Navy vessel has a tooth pulled by the ship's dentist, which results in complete amnesia for three and a half weeks. Uh, uh, True. No, Byron, no, it's (laughs) false. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm giving you everything you got here, Byron. I All the chances. That is false. Uh, uh, sorry to say I made that one up too. Okay, well, you're going to get there. You're going to get there. It's only, let's see, you each have, uh, well. <laughs> okay, Byron, you have three, uh, two more chances. Ward has three more. So let's, you can definitely still win this. Okay, Ward, 2010 in Kenya, a mother gives birth to a healthy baby boy with only one abnormality. The newborn has a full set of 28 teeth. True or false? Oh, yeah. True. Ding, 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 ding. He got it. That is true. All the moms I know are horrified of that possibility, and it came true, apparently. It does happen. That is bizarre. Um, Okay, Byron. You need to get these next two in order to stay in the competition. Pressure's on. All right. All right. 1932 Florida A newspaper story Printed in the Daily Floridian On April 1st Tells its readers that ingesting Human teeth is a natural Aphrodisiac Obviously an April Fool's Oh he's going with false Let me finish it and you'll stick to your answer Okay. Obviously an April Fool's joke Nine months later, local hospitals reported a marked increase in children birth to fathers with missing teeth.
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go all in and say false. <laughs> you
2: got it. Okay. You got it. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Here we go. Second to last one for board. Uh, three, the year, the year 368 BCE Sri Lanka a man who became known only as buddha dies the temple of the tooth is subsequently built to house just his left canine tooth and for generations the possession of that tooth gives the holder right to rule the country true or false true ah he got it he got it that's (laughs) right Oh no! That is uh, that's that's ooh, that may have made it unreachable for Byron, but yeah,
0: that's the game I think. Unfortunately for me,
2: uh, that may have s- Byron has to get the
1: castaway tattoo on his butt now.
0: Yeah. Oh no! Do I have to knock my knock out one of my own teeth?
2: Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> with a figure skate. We're yeah. <laughs> with the, uh, that is your apocalypse, your Corona apocalypse challenge. No, we're gonna finish this up. We're gonna go through the last two, Byron, 1994, West Virginia. An inmate escapes prison by braiding dental floss into a rope and using it to scale a wall and thereby breaking out of prison.
0: Uh, I'll say true.
2: True! Yes, correct! Good job. Okay, well, it's out of Byron's reach, but Ward has one more to guess, and then we'll get on to what the loser has to do. 1960s New York City. A dentist who accidentally overdosed on nitrous oxide is then dismembered by a man who claims a man eating plant told him to do it. The body is never found. True or false? I <laughs> believe this
1: was called Little Shop of Horrors. I'm going to say false.
2: <laughs> <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Yes, that's exactly right. I knew we had to end with something at least movie related. So the final score Byron 2, Ward 4. We have a winner and a loser. So, Byron, here's what I'd like to ask you to do. I would like, if possible, for you to attempt to make a fire the way Chuck Nolan did in this film and film yourself doing it.
0: Okay, it, do I have to use um, his tr- the trench method, or can I use the spindle?
2: Well, I have a note here. <laughs> this is where I'm thinking. <laughs> I'm realizing this is not exactly PG, but I have a note here that says, you have to rub your stick for at least five minutes. So Ah,
0: darn it. Again? All right. That's part down.
2: of the deal. Uh, and I'm thinking that he made the stick with the trench method, so uh, you need to prepare the materials and... Create a montage of that preparation portion, and then we need five minutes attempt at making a fire using the trench method are you okay. are you game yeah i 'll do it okay, I love to hear it that's, we need time that's, lapse. yeah
0: i will I will do time lapse i 'll try to see if I can set it up in a way i think i 've got the equipment where I can record myself doing that so uh yeah, this this is actually pretty fun. I, I'm glad I lost. I, I get to try this now,
2: <laughs> Byron. I have all the faith in you. Let's see that by sometime at the end of sometime in the next week or two. Get us get that to everyone. All right. All right, will do. Well, uh, so that is as we discussed the midpoint of the movie. Hanks, uh, you know, jacks himself in the face with a figure skate. He passes out and he wakes up super skinny, super hairy, and an expert spearfisher spearfisherman and uh and then uh and then a little bit more goes on and i think we should probably move on to the um the part where he he gets rescued or he well maybe not the rescue part but he he frees himself because he finds half a porta potty washes up which when that washed up i thought i don't even know i don't remember what he's gonna do with this thing did you guys know at all what was gonna happen with that little thing He he looked like i have such a great idea when it came in well there was a little bit
1: of foreshadowing that I noticed for the first time in this movie that that he had some, at the beginning of the movie, they showed his mantle, and he has some sailing
2: awards. Yes, yep.
0: Yeah, so he's got the experience, at least, to know that he would need a sail to say, overcome how this wave is, I guess, coming in on him. It looks like it's tipping him over, so this sail would help keep him upright.
2: Right, yeah, so I guess, yeah, I noticed that foreshadowing for the first time, too, that he has some some Seamanship awards, um, but I just I you know that that half of that two walls of plastic came in, and I didn't realize what was happening but uh, so you know he he makes it over that wall as Byron said, that wall of water and uh, and then he gets picked up by a ship, and then uh, we talked about this early on a little bit, but it cuts to Helen hunt, and that was just like with the music um, uh, we didn't get any music while Chuck was on the island. We also didn't, didn't get any cuts to civilization. And that's what I was talking about when I said the editing of this movie was also phenomenal because they chose that we're going to be stuck on this island with Chuck for the time that he's stuck there. So we don't get cutbacks to civilization. We don't get fancy music scores. All we get is Chuck bopping around on the island with Wilson and his coconuts. And so then, you know, it's, it's, it's an even greater impact when we see... A suburban household where some woman's answering the phone, just saying, "Oh, hey, how are you?" Because she realizes what an asshole she is. You think that's why she collapses?
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, can we talk about this? The 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 timeline here? Yeah. yeah let's talk about. It. Yeah. So, that was the time. Yeah. All right. So we see the uh, so Chuck's in her kitchen, and we see some pictures on the on the freezer door, and of her daughter. And how how old are you guys thinking that daughter looks to me? There's there's several pictures there. I'm thinking two three years old. Yeah, something like three.
2: that. Yeah.
1: And so yeah, you agree. know, she says she looked she looked for Chuck for for a while. We're guessing that was at least a couple of months. So he was only gone for four years. So in that within that year, she she married the guy from L.A. Uh, from uh, Law and Order, had a kid. Yeah, she just moved on like so fast. What's the
2: deal here? Um, I mean, she's an asshole, like you said.
0: <laughs> she clearly can't turn down a guy named Spaulding, Apparently, uh, I, did anybody else find that funny? The, the whole
1: four. Well, no, he said
2: at, he was yeah. re, he was referred by Doctor Spaulding. by the dentist, Doctor Spaulding. Yeah, that's not his character name. Yeah, yeah. Sure, her, her last name is not Spaulding. <laughs> yeah, her his name is Jerry Lovett yeah
0: oh that's what it was okay never mind i got that right
2: no they purposely did that and they actually i read they had to change that for they had they changed that line for you know international audiences because like for instance in germany they, they don't have they don't have spalding so they didn't get that joke that's a u.s based sports company <laughs> but yes yeah so the chris noth's character is credited his last name is nike is what nike is Nike. Oh yeah, that's right. No, it's it's not. But but I get your point. <laughs> uh, yeah. um it's a tough crowd here. Yeah,
1: it's tough. It's tough. Um so I've got another question about the the ending here. I I think it's pretty clear, but I'm I'm just curious on your guys' opinion of this. The last like literally the last shot of the movie.
2: What do you guys think that means? Okay, so I have that same question here.
1: Yeah,
0: funny enough, I got that same question too.
2: Yeah, so I want to elaborate on that question because I, I I purposely waited this whole discussion to see if you guys would talk about the very first scene of the movie, and you didn't. So uh, I wonder if you caught this, but the first scene of the movie and the last scene of the movie make it a whole story that changes how you perceive or how I think you're supposed to perceive this entire arc of the character of Chuck Nolan. So it is pretty random that this movie starts with a FedEx package being delivered to a ranch out in Texas or wherever, and then it goes to Moscow, and the guy in Moscow says, oh, it's a package from my wife, and he's standing there with some other woman, right? And it's like, Mm -hmm. what does this have to do with Tom Hanks's character, and you know, and like, like the arc of this movie? Like, it's pretty important to 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 spend the first five minutes or three minutes of your movie on some, a lot of detailed shots, and and they give us the names of those characters. They they set it up, and it's like this makes no sense. When I first saw this movie, I did not pick this up, but it's clear that at the end, the woman he talks to is. The person at the start of the movie who's the who's the sculptor who then his package or her package he takes care of uh, and then comes back and delivers and then he looks around and I'm not going to answer your question yet about because I've been long-winded here but he looks down all four corners of or four pathways of this intersection and I mean I think they want you to think something is is what happens but I would ask you guys Did you make the connection between the start of the movie and the end of the movie before we answer the question, what do we think he did?
1: Yeah, so I I did make that connection. But I thought the one thing that's weird is I, for some reason, the last few times I saw this movie, I thought that the delivery was divorce papers from the woman at the beginning of the movie to her husband, who's now in Moscow with this younger woman. But then he also opens a different box when he's on the island that has divorce papers in it so that kind of seems weird that that would be redundant so I'm, i'm still not clear what's in the package yeah i don't know either
0: i think that was intended to be left up as a mystery uh i think there was probably some scene where they tried to identify it but uh for me uh now that you were talking about this uh that was something that really stuck out to me was the beginning of this movie uh i had written down here in my notes and actually underlined it was um that they start off at a crossroads and they end at the crossroads uh and i think it's i think there was also something else as you were talking that i kind of came up with uh still kind of working it out a little bit but um have you guys ever heard of the butterfly effect yes where it's uh you don't, or it's like if a butterfly Hashed flaps somewhere halfway across the world, you don't know it's going to how it's going to affect. Byron, have you seen uh, the movie?
2: Byron, yes. <laughs>
0: uh, no, actually, have not seen that one movie. <laughs> but I think I think it, it almost kind of answers, or at least to me, answers uh, your question, or your yeah, I guess your question in a way where it was you don't really know. Like when that package started out, you it didn't. Nobody really knew how that was going to come back and. Be a, a symbol for hope for Chuck Nolan's character in order for him to get off the island.
2: Yeah, I I think that it's maybe even a little more intentional than that because the butterfly effect implies you know you change something little and then it has ripples that you can't even can't even foresee. I think mm-hmm. that that the I mean, I, and I think uh, I think the filmmakers here were saying that. Chuck and Kelly were not meant for each other. That's what you're supposed to think when you see the scene where, you know, they're at that big family dinner and all he wants to do is check his pager and go do some work or whatever uh, and he has to get on the plane and, you know, it's like, they're not really meant for each other. In fact, I've heard analysis that says, like, if you look at the score, not that score, but the soundtrack, like the soundtrack, the the songs they play, like Blue Christmas and, um, you know, there's there's some hints and suggestions there. Like they're not meant for each other, and this whole this whole adventure, this whole, you know, shaking up of Chuck Nolan's life is all meant to put him on the path of of meeting Bettina is the woman's name, Bettina Peterson, or I think when she when she's divorced, it's Bettina oh no, I don't know what it is when she's divorced. But anyway, so it's it's more fate. It's more fate than anything else. Like this was all meant to bring him there, which When I heard that, I thought, man, this movie is good, but I didn't even think it was that good. It's like, it's kind of surreptitiously good and has messages that I didn't expect. (laughs) Um, I've
1: watched this movie before and thought at the end, and I assume when he, you know, he looks to the left and looks to the right and then looks at the camera, I assume that means he goes back to her ranch. But I've, I've watched this movie and thought, boy, he sure moved on from Kelly fast, (laughs) (laughs) uh but but then but i I like it better if like the the entire thing was meant to put him in that path i think it plus you know kelly deserved it she she didn't exactly wait around for him
2: well yeah you're right and byron go ahead with your point and and i want to then talk about just just the realism of the end of this movie before yeah before we wrap it up so go ahead byron
0: Oh, I I just had one little I guess small piece uh, you were talking about with the sound and the the soundtrack and everything. Uh, I the the when you were talking about how the music was kind of bringing and at least foreshadowing that as well. The whole return to sender thing was kind of uh, playing in the back of my head, and I thought that was kind of a uh, neat and uh, almost direct way of uh, how they were gonna, I guess, foreshadow that part.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, the the music choices here were were excellent. I mean not only the score but the actual, you know, songs that they that they chose to play were very relevant. Um even if they're just kind of bleeding into the back of your mind as you're watching this. Uh it's crazy. The uh plus he did
1: he did return it to sender, right? Because the package got to him and it still has the wings on it.
2: Yeah, no, he returned it to her because she was sending it to well, I, I think we don't even know where she was sending it to. We have no idea because it was just another thing that she was sending so i mean she's a presumably she's like an etsy artist who sends stuff all over the world every week so it's not like that was necessarily to her husband or whatever but uh one other thing i want one other comment i want to make before we wrap it up too is i love the realism of the end of this movie because he goes there and well first of all he goes to his coming home thing and then You know she doesn't show up he's like he's like oh this is gonna be he's so tense about meeting her again and then she doesn't show up because the dentist shows up and it's like wow thanks thanks mr. big which by the way this is the second uh, sex in the city reference we've had two podcasts in a row for all of our sex in the city fans out there (laughs) (laughs) last time I talked about her bald friend and now we're talking about mr. big but um, I didn't
1: even know he was in that I call him I called him law and order guy
2: yeah he's from law and order for sure but he is also dating uh sarah jessica parker in that in that show for a long time um but then the thing is the thing is hanks then takes a cab to her house chuck does and and they're like oh we're reunited oh i've been waiting for you oh hugs and kisses and oh we're in the rain and oh we're in the jeep and we're driving off and the, and you just know, like in real life, that ain't going to happen. That cannot happen. You can't you can't do that. That is just not going to happen. in 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 the movies, oh sure, happy ending, everyone's great. We don't actually follow the people whose lives get destroyed by her decision. But in this movie, they actually have the guts to give us the real life ending, which is like, nope. This guy was stuck on an island, and he is still he doesn't have anything back that he had before. And she makes the probably the right decision to stick with her family and just you know say goodbye to what was lost and stick with that decision. And I love stick with the guy she met two weeks after Tom Hanks died. Yeah, but then she built a life with him. She didn't. She, <laughs> we don't. We don't know how long she had been dating Tom Hanks's character. Wait, we don't know what the deal was there. So I think you know I I love the realism at the end of this movie. I do not want them to just go oh happy ending. So and then he does his package delivery thing. I don't know, Byron, did you did you like that or did you notice how that was uh,
0: Well, yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. It would be nice to have the the quote unquote Hollywood ending and see them all reunited and uh you know to kind of to get to, because we we watched this whole movie seeing Tom Hanks experience or Chuck Noland, I should say, experiencing all of this hardship and what he was willing to sacrifice in order to get back to her and it would be nice to see her for them to kind of get back together but you're right this is 100% the what would actually happen uh, and I think it was the right decision uh, for that and at least for this movie um, Yeah, considering this movie was trying to be devoted to more realistic ideas at least as it comes to saying being uh, to trying to survive on an island Um, You know, you brought up uh, something and I was just thinking about this. It hadn't occurred to me until you kind of mentioned about the whole thing about how I think Ward would said it would be be like literally two weeks that she looked for him and then ended up going with Mr. Big. (laughs) So at the end of this movie, uh, Tom Hanks, uh, sorry, Chuck Noland, I keep thinking of him as Tom Hanks, um, returns the family heirloom watch that he carried on the island and had the picture and everything. Uh, What did Helen Hunt's character do with the ring? Because right before he leaves at the airplane, he hands her a tiny little box. I mean, I just assume it's a ring. And he says that he'll be back and he is going to... We obviously are left to assume that he was going to propose on New Year's Eve. But uh, that didn't happen.
1: I'm guessing... Yeah, I, I just think, yeah, I would, I would guess, just based on what we know about this character, that she just
2: used that ring to get married to Mr. Big.
0: <laughs> I, that's, I was just thinking that,
2: too. Or she pawned it, because she sucks so hard, and she just pawned that thing and got money. I think that's, oh, hey. that's well-established at this point, that we are not Kelly Freer's <laughs> fans at all. We like the idea of Kelly, because it kept, it kept Chuck alive, but we don't like Kelly. I think that's fair to say at this point, right?
0: I'll I'll give her one redeeming quality. Uh, She kept the Jeep.
2: She did. She kept the Jeep. And Byron has a Jeep, so he's a big fan of the Jeeps. And I am going to now answer Ward's question about what did he do at the end when he was looking at all four... Points of that crossroad, and I don't know. I didn't know what he did. I just thought he was like looking. When I first saw this, I thought, "Oh, he's he's uh you know he's weighing his options in the future. He, he he's just gonna. He, it's just meant to show us that he could go anywhere. But what I now understand, and from you know listening, seeing some other stuff, and doing research, also, uh, Tom Hanks told uh, Inside the actor's Studio James Lipton that what what his character did was he went back down that road and made some babies with that girl (laughs) (laughs) so i guess that's the definitive story of the end of chuck nolan's uh saga for that point but uh and then
1: called kelly and asked her what she ever did with that ring because he needs it (laughs) well
2: i hope that he just harassed her (laughs) endlessly uh, but I think that just about wraps uh, things up for this episode. Ward, uh, why don't you give us an idea of what's coming up at the Parkway? I know we're still here in the COVID-19 situation. But... Yeah. Boy, I'd love to be
1: able to tell you that, that the Parkway Theater is opening up, but at this point we are not sure when we're going to be able to reopen, so we're still doing... Uh, we're working on some live streaming music and we are still doing virtual cinema and we've got a great selection of independent films on our website, theparkwaytheater.com where you can support the Parkway by streaming Videos, movies in your home, and uh, and it helps us make some money, and it also helps some small independent film studios get their movies out there for the rest of uh, the movie viewing audience. So uh, that's about what we've got going
2: on at the Parkway. Byron, what do you have coming up? Well, before Byron, let me just, cut, just jump in real quick. Um, I had said when when we when when the Parkway first announced they're doing. Live uh, or uh, yeah, um, streaming cinema on the website uh, via Kino Now. I I said, you know, there's one movie I might want to see, and it, it looks pretty good. And and I mean, it stood out, and it was uh, this movie with Will Forte. And since then, I watched it, and oh my god, extraordinary, extra ordinary and it's about a a small town in ireland and this woman can see ghosts and deal with the dead and will forte is the bad guy who's like made a deal with the devil and if you've seen uh last man on earth or basically anything will forte's done you've got to see this movie i think it cost me 12 bucks and my wife and i watched it so whoop-de-doo you know six bucks each whatever so funny so worth it i mean these are the kind of things that you don't get to see in you know your big time theaters or whatever this independent films everyone i recommend this it is it is so good there's a lot other a lot more other things like this on there right now and it, and it rotates like once a week or whatever but if you see something you like snap it up and get a ticket and watch it because man some of this stuff is phenomenal so that's my plug <laughs> byron sorry i cut you off go ahead
0: no that's no that's totally fine Uh, definitely recommend watching that movie as well Uh, coming up on the fun v podcast we are still doing uh, the James Bond universe we are finally breaking into Roger Moore with uh, I think it's 1973 72 of 73 all right with uh, live and let die
2: yes and I have watched that one now and Byron have you finished the book yet
0: uh, I am about three quarters of the way through it. Uh, I, I don't know why, but this one has been a lot tougher to read. I guess it's not that. Not it's about the same length as all the other ones, but I just haven't been reading it as much.
2: Okay, well, I look forward to discussing that with you over on our Fun V Podcast feed. But as always, uh, if you'd like to reach out to us at the at the Parkway Podcast, please send us an email at parkwaytheaterpodcast at gmail dot com. Or give us a call at 612-217-2520. Leave us a voicemail and we'll play it on the air if it's appropriate, of course. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, coming up next, we'll be discussing Sean of the Dead. One of my favorites. Uh, it definitely fits into our our uh, our apocalypse, our uh, how we're feeling in this coronavirus situation movie theme. For Ward and Byron, I'm Matt from the Parkway Podcast, and we'll see you soon, hopefully, fingers crossed, down at the theater.
1: The time to wallow in the mind only lives.
2: And our love become a funeral pyre Come on, baby, life.